This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. I'm Damian Bulwa, Metro Editor at the San Francisco Chronicle. Today on Fifth and Mission, San Francisco's failing mental health care system. Reporter Tricia Thadani is here to talk about a series of stories titled Broken Care. In one of the most recent, Trisha revealed that San Francisco has dozens of empty treatment beds every night, despite an urgent need for help. We'll talk about why this issue has become more important than ever in San Francisco and about a ballot measure that may remake the whole system. Trisha Thadani, right after this. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Trisha Thadani, thanks for coming back. Thank you for having me. Trisha, for the last several weeks, you and your colleagues at our City Hall Bureau have been writing a series of stories about mental health care and homelessness and addiction in San Francisco. Uh, tell us why, why now. This has been an issue, obviously, for many years in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. What has brought it to the forefront again? Right. So obviously, like you said, mental health care in the city has always been an issue. Um, but what has really brought it um, to the top of people's minds has, one, just been the acuity of what we've been seeing on the streets. I mean, we walk past this every single day. We see homeless people who are clearly not well and, 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 and in need of care. Um, and, and it shows in the numbers, right? I mean, we had a homeless yeah. count that came out this year that showed a rise in right, homelessness right. again in San Francisco. Exactly. And and now mental health care, it's becoming increasingly part of the conversation where now you don't really hear a conversation about um, how we can help people who are struggling with homelessness without also talking about, well, what mental health care services do they need? Um, and what has really made it a huge topic of conversation in City Hall now is a new ballot measure proposal by two supervisors, um, uh, Supervisors Hillary Ronan and Matt Haney called Mental Health SF, where they basically want to completely overhaul the city's uh, response to um, to mental health care. And that will be going that is slated for the ballot for March 2020. And what would that do? So that would basically create this whole new mental health care system. And the reason behind that is because these two supervisors didn't feel like our current Department of Public Health um, was addressing this enough. So they would create this new system um, where it would be a physical building um, where anyone, including you and I who have insurance, 
um, can go into this building and receive um, receive some form of mental health care. And the idea is they right now the way that our um, system is set up is it's a lot of disparate nonprofits, you know, running all these different treatment facilities that don't exactly fully talk to each other that much. And it's, you know, been hard to track someone's like continuity through the system. And this would just create like one overarching. Any time of day. Anything you need. It's, it's incredibly ambitious. And I mean, there's a lot of questions of the feasibility of it. But, you know, while you do have people questioning the price and the real, like how realistic this is, you don't really hear people questioning like the need for some sort of major change. Sure. Okay. You've been reporting, obviously, about the, the homeless count in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. It's up in the city. It's been up in a number of cities in California. But mm-hmm. you also recently reported on a specific number that goes to the heart of this issue, mm-hmm. right? Right. What was that? Yeah. So when Mayor London Breed came into office, um, one of her main priorities was to address this, quote unquote, broken mental health care system in the city. Um, and, you know, an obvious answer would be increase funding, increase the amount of beds and treatment facilities that we have. Um, but what she wanted to do was have someone before she did that, she wanted to have someone come in and do basically an analysis of the entire system to see where exactly the gaps are and what isn't working rather than just throwing money at the problem. She wanted to make it more targeted. So then when she a few months after she came in, she had um, hired Dr. Anton Bland as he was a former director of psychiatric emergency services at San Francisco General Hospital. A huge mouthful. But um, so he came in and so he started doing this report on, on, on the system. And we had the first bit of information come out um, from all of his studying that his, he's been doing. Um, and that first bit was just a count of how many people in the city are suffering from the trifecta of mental illness, homelessness, um, and substance abuse. And so we found that that number is 4,000 people in the city that they have identified. Now, that wasn't all too surprising. Um, well, it's you, a staggering number. It's a staggering number, but, you know, we assume you could, you know, the idea that it was a staggering number wasn't surprising in and of itself. Now, the real meat of what's going uh, of what Bland is supposed to be doing is telling us where we need to add in the system. Um, And so that will probably be coming out in the next few months. Okay. And there was a a population in that group that they called what the highest need, the most Mm -hmm. vulnerable, about 200 or 225 people. Yeah. And they said that they would focus specifically on on providing care. What will they be doing for these people? Yeah, so they, that was kind of vague on what exactly they would do. Um, So they were basically saying these are people who we want to target and get into care as soon as possible. And again, that sounds great. But the reality is in order to help someone get through the system and just through my conversations with case managers and people who work with patients all day, you need someone like a case manager or a social worker who is like on that person to help them navigate through the system because it's so complicated. There's so many different types of places that someone can go. There's so many different uh, requirements that someone needs in order to get into care. And you really need someone to essentially hold your hand through the system. Now, the problem is, is that there's a huge shortage of mental health care workers in the city. Um, and so 
Dr. Anton Bland had also acknowledged that that that's a problem as like salaries have remained stagnant for these mental health care workers um, and the cost of living here is incredibly high. Yeah, another um, symptom of, of the city being yeah, so expensive. Yeah, it's so hard to get people to actually do this work that is so hard. And so he acknowledged that that's a problem but didn't have any numbers on you know how many more people that we would need to hire in order to help this newly identified population. Okay, well, that brings us to to another uh, revelation mm-hmm. um, that came out of this broken care series that you're doing, which is that on any given night, despite the great need in the city mm-hmm. for mental health care, there are a lot of beds that are empty. Right. And this was something that I had been hearing anecdotally for a little while. And then I, when I finally got the data, I could not believe how many empty beds we actually have in the city, like you would so just given the amount of need that we have on the streets. So just by way of background of that, um, it had come out uh, about a month ago that in one facility on San Francisco General Hospital's campus, it's called the Adult Residential Facility, it came out um, that there's about uh, 40 empty beds in that building on a given night, and they actually stopped admitting patients in September 2018. Um, And so those are long-term care beds. Those are places where people who are suffering from mental illness can go and they can stay there for as long as they want. Some people had lived there for about 20, 25 years. Um, And these are the places that the city really needs. Like we have a lot of temporary places that people can go, but after 90 days, then where? You know, there's not enough housing. So um, these are really, really coveted beds in the city. So when it came out that there were all these vacancies, there was a huge uproar about that. But then just through my reporting, then I'd learned that there was even more empty beds. It doesn't end just at the public hospital. Yeah, you sort of went, you actually went facility by, by facility and looked night by night, right? Yeah, yeah. So I had called, there's about, there's like, Three major providers in the city, uh, so HealthRight360, Progress Foundation, and PRC Baker Place, where they run a lot of these treatment facilities for people who are either suffering from mental illness or substance abuse. And where the most pervasive vacancies were, were it was with HealthRight360, and they deal with people who are specifically struggling with substance abuse. And I found that on one night this year, there was across three of their treatment facilities, there were 70 open beds. And then, you know, on another night, there would be like 40 open beds or 30 open beds. But I mean, the reaction that I kept hearing from people was like, I cannot believe there's even one empty bed in this city, just given like one, the need and the rhetoric that you're hearing from City Hall of being like, we don't have enough resources. We don't know what to do. We need to add more. And some of those people that were reacting were service providers who work with clients. Right. There was one case manager in particular who during, so the data set that I got at Expand, it was from January to June. Um, and there was one case manager when I presented her this data, she was like, that makes me so infuriated because she had brought one patient or one of her clients to HealthRight360 um, for, I think it was like eight days in a row to try and get her- care. And they kept he kept getting turned away because they were saying there's no beds, but mm-hmm. really there were beds. Um, but the reason behind these vacancies, um, according to Health Rate 360, had a lot to do with what we were talking about earlier of just staff shortages. There weren't enough people to intake these clients. And there was changes in the state uh, reimbursement program for sub- people st- struggling for substance abuse. So then there was these like mountains of paperwork that they couldn't really handle and all that stuff. And they say now the numbers are getting a little bit better. So I'll definitely have to check back on that later. Yeah, I mean, and for people that may not know, San Francisco, like some other cities, 
you know, pays for these services, mm-hmm. right, but has contractors, operators to run these specialized treatment beds. Right. Uh, what did the city and what did the operator say? Do they, do they see it as a failure as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Health Rate 360, and they, they were obviously very frustrated. Um, they, you know, for them to have to turn clients away because they just don't have the time and the capacity and, like, the staff capacity to be able to do an intake um, in, like, the short amount of time that they have, like, that, they were really frustrated with that. And they are definitely working to try and improve that. Um, but, you know, they're all, they're, again, they're restrained by how many staff they can hire and how much money that they have. The city, when I'd gone to some city officials about this, um, such as London Breed, she, our mayor, London Breed, um, she was like, yeah, we need to do better. And this is something that we're addressing. Uh, Dr. Anton Bland had the same exact reaction. Um, and then you had the supervisors who have sponsored Mental Health SF being like, this is why we, this is we, why need, we need Mental it. Health yeah. SF. So... Overall, people are extremely frustrated that this is a problem that we're facing. Yeah. So for the general public that is, is, um, I think, seeing people on the street, as you mentioned, uh, that may really appear to need uh, mental health treatment, um, that are frustrated by what they're seeing, how should they regard all of this? Um, You know, it's a very complicated system, as you're finding. Mm -hmm. Um, For people that are frustrated and wonder what's going to happen in the future, what can I do, how should I think about this, Mm -hmm. you know, is there an overall takeaway that you're seeing so far? I mean, what we have been seeing is that there is just, and unfortunately this comes with a lot of issues in the city, there's not one silver bullet. And the more that my colleagues and I delve into the system, it is so clearly this like sprawling, tangled mess in a way of all these different types of services. And it almost makes sense of why we see so many people on the streets because of how hard it is for people to get into these programs, Um, you know, and how many what how many like staff shortages we have and how many inefficiencies there are in the system of, you know, what saying city officials saying that we don't have enough beds, but then learning that there are like 70 open beds on a on a given night. Um, you know, the overall, I would say with, uh, with like the supervisors, um, that their takeaway was, well, DPH, the Department of Public Health can't handle this. So now let's create our own system where the Department of Public Health will say, well, there are things working in the system. You just don't see what's working in the system because those people aren't on the streets. And then you have constituents come and say, well, I don't care what's working. If we have all these people on the streets, there's something that's clearly broken. So the takeaway is, one, I'm glad that I'm not the one who has to (laughs) help solve this problem because it is incredibly complex and there isn't one answer for it. Yeah, I mean, it's so sort of uh, fascinating and frustrating that that the housing crisis in the Mm -hmm. city is is driving some of the homelessness. But on the other hand, it's also driving, as you report, the shortage of people that can help the homeless. Right. And and in between, it's almost like a chicken and an egg problem of, yes, we don't have enough housing, but if you don't have the mental health care services to help these people who need it, how are they going to be able to live on their own? So, you know, where, where, where do they, where do we start? You know, do we, we add more housing units, but we also need to add more mental health care services. And how are those people who are in the services going to be put into a pipeline to be put into housing? How does Uh, everyone just overall collaborate better? Yeah. To make sure people have that next step they can take if they if they get help. Yeah, and that and that is also something that is um, that's a conversation we're also starting to hear a lot more. Where a couple of years ago, um, 
the um, housing was taken out of the Department of Public Health's purview and it was put into the uh, um, under the new homelessness department. Um, but now what Dr. Anton Bland had told us was that he wants there to be some increased communication between those two sides. Now, it does beg the question, why did we even separate it in the first place? That's an answer I don't know. But now at least there is some conversation about, you know, reintegrating those two together. Well, well I'm glad you are digging into it rather than me. <laughs> we really appreciate it. Uh, keep up the keep up the good work. Thank you. Thanks to reporter Trisha Thadani for being our guest today. To Karen Creighton for producing this episode, and thank you for listening. Fifth and Mission is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. If you like this show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've got a minute to give us a quick review, that helps us build our audience so we can keep growing. You can support Fifth and Mission and the newsroom that creates it with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe.